Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it's always a pleasure and privilege for us to gather in this very special way to worship the Lord and to be involved in continuing to learn about the Lord and our discipleship to Jesus as we worship. Let me remind you that for prayer or communicating messages to us or continuing your financial giving, you may use the different addresses that are printed on your screen right now. Our worship continues both in the online format that you are enjoying right now, as well as a new on-site offering at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We'd love to welcome you to both or to whichever best meets your needs in this unique season. Sunday mornings, our adult Bible class continues on Zoom, taught by Bill Hohen and Brenda Meredith. They're currently studying the book of John. If you'd like to be part of that class, drop me an email and we'll be sure you get to be involved. Our midweek adult Bible studies will begin this week. They will be a different format, as you might expect. On Monday at noon, there will be a 20-minute video unveiled that will take us through the essential lesson in a lecture by the pastors who will be teaching. And then the various groups will be meeting in different ways, too many to discuss here. So be in touch with your group leader or drop me an email and I'll be happy to share that news with you. We will be studying the book of Revelation this fall. Our Homeless Veterans Initiative will be having a special drive-through and drop-off event on Saturday, the 26th of September. You may bring your make-a-home packages, your gently used furniture, or simply your funds to drop off in this special way as we continue to work with serving those who have served us faithfully. Those of you interested in joining the church will be interested in our next new member seminar on Sunday, the 27th of September. That will be taught by Neil Pressa, and if you'd like to join with that uh, group or simply learn more about it, we encourage you to drop an email to him. As always, I encourage you to read through the Abundant Living. That is your best source of the most current and most complete information about everything that's going on in the life of the church. We want you to be aware so that you can be involved. Friends, we're here not just to learn about events and activities, but especially to learn about God's activity in the world and to respond to that in our worship. So let's be called to worship now in these timeless words from the 25th Psalm. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Friends, Let's worship God.
the hymn that we just sang, When morning gilds the sky, my heart awaking cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. We come in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to offer ourselves in worship, to offer our love and our joy. But far too often we sin against God and one another. We are broken people in need of God's mercies and God's grace. Let's take a few moments to offer our prayer of confession to the Lord, knowing that in Christ's life, death, and resurrection and ascension, we have been made whole. Let us confess together. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your name. Amen. Friends, Jesus Christ is our good shepherd, and we, like lost sheep, have gone astray. But being a good shepherd, Jesus Christ pursues us with his radical and generous love. Know that in Christ's life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we are so loved in Jesus Christ. We are made whole. We are forgiven. We are loved by God. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of Jesus Christ be with you. Because God has given us peace with him and with one another, let us share signs of God's peace and love with each other. I invite you to do so with anyone who is beside you right now. And today and throughout this week, share signs of God's love and peace with your neighbors, with your friends, with all those that you meet, so that they may know of the reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle, glory to the Lord on high. Of water, earth, and sky The heavens are your tabernacle Glory to the Lord on high God of wonders beyond our galaxy You are Oh 
Kids Village and welcome to another Kids Message. For this morning, we're going to continue our conversation about your word for this month, which is friendship. This morning, we're going to hear a story about two people who were best friends, Jonathan and David. You can see here this morning that I'm in my office at the church and behind me is this bookshelf with all kinds of books and Bibles on it. And I'm going to be reading from this green book right down here, which we call the Beginner's Bible. So you can go ahead and follow along with me as I read our story this morning. It says right here, the title of our story is Best Friends. King Saul became grumpy. His servants asked David to play his harp for the king. The music cheered him up. So the king invited David to live in the palace. David became friends with King Saul's son, Prince Jonathan, and Jonathan's sister, Michelle. David won many battles for the king. The people said David was a better fighter than the king. This made King Saul very angry and jealous. Everyone likes David more than me, he thought. King Saul became so angry that he threw a spear at David, but David escaped. Then one day, Prince Jonathan warned David, you must run far away. They promised to always be best friends. In our story this morning, we learned that Jonathan was just looking out for his best friend. He wanted to make sure that David was kept safe and away from harm. This week, as you are in your classrooms or maybe you're at home doing your schoolwork, how can you be a good friend to the people that are around you? Whether you have new friends or old friends, how can you show the love of Jesus to other people? 
Jesus is our best friend and he wants us to know that and be thinking about him and talking to him throughout every day. And he's the one that teaches us about what it means to be a good friend. So be reminded of that this week, that we all have opportunities just to be a good friend and that that will brighten someone's day. Maybe someone is hurting or is feeling down and just by you being a good friend and showing Jesus love, that can make them feel so much better. We miss seeing all of you and we'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye. Give thanks to the Lord for God is good. His love endures forever. Will you please join me in a prayer of adoration and supplication, ending in the Lord's Prayer, which we will say together. Let us pray. Gracious God, who holds the universe together in purpose, love, and redemption, guide us by your Spirit, for we trust you alone in our lives and in our work. May our prayers be acceptable in your sight and our hearts be united by your Son, Jesus, as we pray. We thank you for your church united all over the world with a purpose of worshiping you and equipping the saints to bring your word in spirit and in truth to all peoples. Even as we care for the souls of all people, you also call and equip us to care for their whole well-being. Help us, Lord, to be generous with our own offerings to help. Forgive us if we have ignored others who are ill or if we minimize the pandemic because we are well. Forgive us for ignoring any who are struggling with online learning because our own children or grandchildren are able to attend public schools that are open or private schools. Let us not pretend that because we have plenty of food that we need not think of those who are hungry, hungry in neighborhoods close to us. Because we are well, safe, and have resources, let us not forget to give to the least of your children. We pray for those in harm's way, those who fight the fires that have ravaged this state. We pray for families who have lost homes or are evacuated and waiting to hear if it is safe to return. Protect the firefighters and police who work to save lives, put out fires, and support those in danger. We pray for our leaders, the President and Congress. Holy Spirit of God, unite what is divided in this nation and let us not neglect our civil duty to work for peace and righteousness. Let us unite for justice and mercy, for reconciliation and restoration in the courts, classroom, and local communities and with our neighbors everywhere. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. God of mercy, you promise never to break your covenant with us. May we respond to your gracious promises with faithful and obedient lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me, because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. The word of the Lord. We are at the onset of fall. We also are at the beginning of a new series of messages that will take us until the season of Christmas. Let's start here as we begin these new series of messages. Let's start with the word troubled. That's a word that Jesus uses with his disciples in what to me is one of the most memorable and telling scenes in all of Jesus' life. Troubled. 
It's not a word that we like to think about or that we like to use, but it's the word that accurately describes what was going on in the minds and the hearts and the lives of the disciples with whom Jesus was sharing his last night on earth. Jesus was preparing for his arrest, for his trial. He was preparing for the torture that would come before and during his crucifixion and excruciating death. Jesus himself was troubled, and his disciples were, as he spoke with them, and they would be more so later as they saw what would unfold in the next few hours in his life. These closest friends and associates in Jesus' life would soon discover that he would be gone, in a sense, from their presence. They would be troubled because they would not know what to do. They'd be left alone, left alone in the same old messed up world in which they had first met Jesus just a few years earlier. The same world where they wondered about what happened to us after death. The same world where they were afraid not only of dying and what might come, but perhaps even more afraid of the things that they already saw around them. All of the fearful things of life that you and I know so very well. Jesus was troubled. The disciples were even more troubled. Jesus was troubled in the human side of his nature, but perhaps more troubled because of what he sensed was going on in his disciples. Jesus, of course, knew something more than they did. And so when the disciples begin to share with him, especially in the words of Thomas, their concern, their confusion. What did Jesus say to them? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now we think that Jesus was responding to the implicit question about what would happen to the disciples after Jesus died and after they died. Jesus has said that he is going on ahead of them and that one day they will be with him, but they don't know the way to get there. We think that Jesus is talking about life after death, and indeed, he is talking about that. Jesus, we might colloquially say, is going ahead of the disciples to reserve a room for us in heaven, a room with a king-size bed, a room with free Wi-Fi and breakfast in the morning, maybe even a room where nobody has been smoking before. Whatever kind of room it's going to be in heaven, Jesus assures the disciples that they will be with him and that he himself is the way to get there. He's the truth about that. He is the life that they will have, their everlasting life. Most people stop there, though. Most people stop and say, thank heavens, 
regardless of how terrible and troubled this life may be, at the end of the story, it's all going to be okay. But friends, unlike most public and political conversation that you and I hear today, unlike so much of our own thinking, unlike so much of the way we communicate in the world today, we dare not take only sound bites and bumper stickers when it comes to learning about Jesus and hearing the message that Jesus has for us. There is a lot more here, and unless we hear it, unless we understand it, unless we embrace it, we really do not get what Jesus is all about. Look at what else Jesus says in this passage. He says, No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, does he mean that that's only about what happens after we die? Well, it is about what happens after we die, that we get to be with the Father because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of his death, because of the forgiveness of sins that's made possible to us, because of God's proving the fact that death need not be the end of us because God takes us to be with him. All that's true, but that's not only what it's about. Notice he says no one gets to the Father after death, but he says this, not that we get to the Father, but that we come to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a present tense kind of word. No one comes into the presence of God except by knowing and following Jesus. Someday we'll talk more about those who do not yet know Jesus, but for now, let's say this. Let's say that we know that in knowing Jesus, we know God, the creator of everything that is. And we are meant to know this God. We are meant to come to this God here and now. And there are serious implications involved. Jesus says that the Father who dwells in me does his works. Is Jesus thinking that once we get to heaven, we'll finally do the works of God? No. Jesus is saying the Father who dwells in him, in Jesus, is the one who is doing his works in Jesus right now. You see, in Jesus' life on this earth, we began to see what the life of heaven is all about. Not after we die, but before, in this world. Jesus explains even further. He says, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Again, that's not about how we act when we are in heaven. That's about how we live now. Then he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, to know Jesus, truly to know Jesus is to love him. And truly to love Jesus is to begin to want to become like Jesus and actually become like him, not just want to. What Jesus is talking about here is that he is the way and the truth and the life for this life here and now. 
He's not just speaking about the sweet by and by when one day we get to be with God in heaven forever. He's talking about where we can be right now. Let me ask you this question. Where do you want to be in your life? Well, I think we can answer that in several ways. After I die, I want to be with God in heaven forever. Of course. We have that guarantee. We have that promise. We have that hope. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Paul says, as the first fruits. But there's more than that. You do not get Jesus right unless you understand the more. Where do you want to be in your life right now? I don't know about you, but I would like to have some things changed in my life. I would like to experience some of the joy and power of heaven right now. I'm not talking about the fact that I'd love to sit around on a cloud playing a harp while I'm wearing a flimsy white gown. That, that just doesn't cut it for me. What heaven is really all about is, is that place where we are restored into the perfection of who God made us to be from the very beginning. That's where I want to be. That's where you want to be too. Where do you want to be in your very self? Where do you want to be in terms of your character, your personality, the qualities of your life? Do you want more love? Do you want more patience, more peace, more self-control, more mastery over your anger, for instance, more ability to overcome fear, perhaps more competence in being an asset to the world? That's part of what heaven is all about. Heaven is about that place, that state of being where we are who we are meant to be. And as some folks are saying, it's all good. But being with God in a heavenly place is not just about ourselves. It's about our relationships, of course. Where do you want to be in your relationships with other people? Do you want relationships that are more functional, more healthy, more productive, more positive? Of course you do. So do I. It's not just about our relationships, though, in the nice, cozy little community of the church. Where do we want to be in all of our relationships? We live in a troubled world. We live in a place where families are troubled, where towns and cities and states and nations, indeed the whole world, is troubled. Where do we want to be when it comes to the lives that we live inside of our own souls and selves, in the relationships that we have with other people, in the relationships that we have with all people on the face of the planet? We want to be someplace other than where we so often are. 
And so the question is, how do we get to where we want to be? How do we get to where we want to be? Well, we need a map. I've got some interesting maps with me here today. You might have noticed this map of the world that exists here behind me. I have a, a globe below that, which in its own way is a map of the world. I've also got some other maps here that I dug out of my files the other day, hadn't looked at them in a while. Let me share some of them with you. Here is a San Diego visitor's map, something I think that we got when we first moved here. Here is a streetwise Manhattan map, something you can carry in your pocket while you're trying to navigate one of the most confusing cities in the world. Here is a state map of California, something good to have if you get in the car and start driving around. I have some other maps that are a little bit more specific. Here is a map of the Lake Tahoe Basin that shows trails and places of interest, a beautiful place to go. Ah, these are three of my favorite maps. This is a golf map of San Diego. Any idea why I like this one? Ah, here's another great map. The wineries of Temecula Valley. And then probably one of the most useful maps that I own, a whiskey map of Scotland. Well, where do you want to be? How do you get there? There's the question. You know, as I, as I dug out these maps, it occurred to me that you can tell a lot about who I am based on the maps that I own. What can we say about you? And about the maps that you own, the maps that you study, the maps that you follow. That has to do with who we want to be. You and I are offered the chance to find the way, to follow the truth, and to have the life that God wants us to have and that we truly want to have as we follow Jesus. Here's the way Dallas Willard put it. He said, We are invited to make a pilgrimage into the heart and life of God. God's desire for us is that we should live in Him. He sends among us the way to Himself that shows what in his hearts of hearts God is really like. Indeed, what reality is really like in its deepest nature and meaning. Reality in its deepest nature and meaning is that our universe is a community of boundless and totally competent love. Would you like to find the way to that boundless reality of totally competent love? I would, and I think you would too. And I think that's really what our whole world is trying to find. That place where love 
is the rule. That place where love is the reality. That place where the world is no longer messed up because we actually are acting in loving ways with each other. That's where we want to be, and God has shown us the way. The way and the truth and the life in Jesus. Jesus is the way to understand God and the way to know God. Jesus is the truth about God, the truth about heaven then, the truth about heaven now. Jesus is the one in whom we have the life that we want, that God wants for us, and that if we love Jesus, we want for everyone. Why not spend some more time today thumbing through all the old maps that you have somewhere in your files? Why don't you spend some more time today thinking about all of the maps that you have followed in life? All of those self-help books that are on your shelves that tell you how to be a better businessman or a better mother or a better chef or a better golfer or better at whatever you want to be good at. Why don't you think deeply today about whether or not there is one map, one way to get you to where you want to go. Christians believe that's Jesus. Let's follow him. Amen. Friends, join me as together we affirm our faith in reading together a portion from Colossians. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace, through the blood of his cross.
Some people would say that these atlases and maps and even this globe are all obsolete. Now we have our phones, our computers, our watches. True enough, we have different ways of creating and consulting maps. Something has not changed, though. And that is this fact, that the one who is the way to God is the same yesterday and today and forever. The one who reveals to us most completely, most perfectly, the one who still is present with us is the one whom we call Jesus. Here is the map, the record of Jesus and his life. Whether you study this as a book or whether you study it on your phone or whether you study it simply by tuning into messages like today, the real question is whether you and I will get to know and get to know even better and better and better. The only one who can lead us to God, and the heaven that God promises here and now. And so, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen. Amen.